Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. No Michael Gallagher today because we have never before seen in the wild three-way interview with Hal Gill, Chris Mason, and myself. Boys, it is great to see you. It is a great time of year to be a hockey fan. How are we doing today? And thank you for joining us. It's awesome. Yeah, we're, it's uh, it's exciting. It's, it's fun to start talking hockey. Thanks for having us on. And we miss uh, we miss your boy Galley. He's he knows his stuff too, so he's he covers the Preds well. So thanks for having us, Braden. Yeah, this is this is the time of year we get the golf tournaments and Petey's party, and everyone's back in town. The boys are here. You meet a couple new faces. Uh, find out what people are made of, what they did in the off season. Are they ready for this? <laughs> They're all jacked uh, up, eh? Like Yosa's a dad. He's got two kids now. He's like he's a different man. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. And and Yosa's whole different thing coming back with kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I believe Yosa's second daughter is on my birthday. So I'm like, I'm gonna inject myself into the conversation as much as possible. So there you go. You uh, got that we're we're gonna we're gonna talk hockey, we're gonna talk broadcasting, we're gonna tell some stories from back in the day. We're gonna talk about this team coming up. Uh, we're gonna talk about rookie camp, all kinds of stories that you guys have to tell as as two of the voices of the franchise and two guys that have done basically everything. Uh before, I'm not sure if you've ever done this. I know you guys are both great pitchmen on radio and television. But we need to tell everybody that, of course, the gold standard is brought to you, in fact, by Jasper, baby. Let's go to Jasper. Got that check, right. Check your bag and go. <laughs> and that right there is how you do it, folks. Go to Jasper's Free Parking, the next evolution of the sports bar. They have a cocktail named after this podcast, the gold standard. So you can go order it. Uh, it's not beer, boys. I know that you you guys are both beer guys, but it is a little a little whiskey drink there. So if you want to go gold standard cocktail, go check that out. Uh, and of course, uh, uh, great coverage from the Nashville scene and the Nashville Post from Michael Gallagher. So check that out as well. And make sure you swing by Weiss Liquors over on Gallatin. Uber Eats the booze right to your house, boys. Go to Uber Eats and search Weiss Liquors. They will send the booze directly to your house. That's all you need to know. So Jaspers and Weiss Liquors. Okay. Can you try to put into words, guys, just exactly? You just kind of did a little bit. But this time of year for a player going into two different players, the veterans that are coming back. And then the rookies that are going to be in camp over the next few days this week, just scrapping and clawing for their their lives. Like, can you try to put into to words what that emotional feeling is like for all these guys coming back to, to Nashville? Yeah, uh, well, honestly, you know, you, it's funny, you know, Hal mentioned the uh, the golf tournament. And you got a chance to talk to a bunch of the guys and, uh, you know, for the veterans, they kind of just want to get the season going, get through the, you know, get warmed up. I, I think they're really looking forward to starting in Europe this year. That's going to be awesome. A lot of guys get excited. I know Skillsy went over there. I, I got a chance to go over there. We started when I was with the Blues and, and started in Sweden. It's a, a great team builder because you, you get away from, you know, all the, you know, the the dog and pony show here at home and you get to hang with the boys and really kind of, you know, get that team bonding in early and you get to enjoy Europe and play a couple games. But for the rookies, I, I know I went through that. You know, I spent a lot of years trying to get into the NHL that first day of training camp, starting with your testing, that's, that's your game. That's your Stanley cup. So you prepare all summer for that moment and you try to go in there and, you know, there's a pecking order. There's certain, not that many spots up for grabs. So you go in there, you know, like a bulldog trying to, you know, get noticed any way that you can. So every practice at any way that you can get noticed uh, off the ice, your conditioning, the exhibition games, you don't know how many you're going to get. You have to make an impact. So it's a, it's a completely different mindset. Yeah, I I think um, as you go through your career, you go through different stations of yourself and what your game is at. My first year, 1997, with the Boston Bruins, 
it was maybe a minute and a half, two minutes before I got punched in the face and I was fighting my way through camp. Yeah, we had testing. It was, it was grueling. They beat the snot out of us. I think I had about five fights in the first two scrimmages and it, it was go time. And I was just trying to fight for my life as, as this, as the seasons go on, I, I felt like you get a little more comfortable atmosphere and you learn how it all works. But I found like, I was always nervous. I played 17 years and, you know, from year one to 17, I was fighting for a spot. And I think you kind of have to have that mentality and you change your mindset as how you go about earning that spot. But uh, yeah, that's the fun part is those nerves, that excitement. You got a new team. There's a bunch of rookies that are trying to make the team. There's a bunch of young guys, old guys that want to fight back. Um, So it's, I, I love that competition to to find out where you belong going through a training camp you guys have we've had separate interviews with both you guys like on the media podcast that we do uh lamestream sports check that out and i'm assuming the nerves and the gravity of the situation is slightly different when you're going into broadcasting but now you've been doing this for a few years five years six years for both you guys what what, is it any different going into these years you're obviously more comfortable in the roles after a few years like is any different for you guys as broadcasters instead of players yeah, I think, I mean, it is in a sense, I, you know, I, I, I'll tell you, I think I told you this last time, uh, Galsy, is that the first time I ever went on TV, I was probably as nervous or more nervous than I was <laughs> playing my first NHL game. Like it was, it was on par with that. Um, but now it, it's changed. I think, you know, you kind of find out who you are as a broadcaster, same as skills. He was just saying as a player, and then you just, you want to like, you want to get better. You know, there's a lot of areas that I, I want to get better at. And, you, you know, each year you kind of in the off season or going into the season, you kind of pinpoint some of those things. Like right now, I really want to learn more about, you know, other teams. And I know our fans don't always love, you know, I get a lot of criticism if I praise the other team too much. So, but I just want to have, you know, all those, the, the next level things, maybe using the telestrator a little more to show our fans uh, certain, you know, you know, little nuances on plays, not just the goal, but, you know, how that whole play kind of started. So things like that. And and I love, you know, working with skills. He's, uh, you know, he comes off as a goofball sometimes, but he's, he's a great hockey. Hey, wait a second. Hey, sorry. <laughs> you can, you can, you can rebut that in a minute. No, it's true. It's true. But we, we feed off each other and like, he, he makes me better. You know, I love talking after the game because, you know, you see things from a different perspective and, and that makes me think, Oh, okay. Well, the next time I see that situation, I'm going to look at kind of through those eyes and maybe I can have b- both points of view, but uh, it, it's definitely, I just think now we're just trying to, I just want to always get better. I watch a lot of other guys and see what they do and listen to Hal and it's uh, it's fun. Like I'm excited, you know, I'm as excited as, you know, a player, you know, it's a different, but I just, I can't wait for the season to get going. My first year, I remember, I, yeah, the, the lights come on you and you're like, Whoa, what, what is going on? What, what do I say right now? Should I be in? Should I be out? There's a lot to balance. And then Pete's forget, Pete's making like, Pete's making dick jokes. Like, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you're like you don't say anything, don't respond. Did he just say that? Did he <laughs> just say that? How do I respond? Yeah, no, but um, yeah, I will say, you know, we have a good crew. Uh, you talked about Pete working with Willie, with Mace, with Lindsay, you know, Kara. We're we're out there trying to make a great show. The the first time I feel like you know. I trained my whole life to play hockey. I started at four years old. And so when I went to a training camp, I was prepared in my head. I know hockey. I can do hockey with broadcasting. My first year, it was like, 
I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm going <laughs> to say something stupid. Everyone's going to laugh at me. It's going to be miserable. Uh, and so, you know, as much as those jitters go away, I still, you know, you want to know what you're talking about. That I can talk circles around the Preds, but like Mace was saying, we're, we're trying to talk more about other teams because the talent in the NHL is better than it ever has been. So, you know, we're trying to complement the great skill around the league while we're talking about the Preds. Um, so there's always something more to learn. And and this year I, I'm going to have a different role going from radio and, and doing the desk with Lindsay. So um, I'm excited about that. A new new challenge, that's something I've done before, but, um, you know, doing being part of the, the Bally's crew and, and being part of that is going to be a new challenge. And that's what, I mean, that's what Mace talked about. That's what we're here for is new challenges, yeah. trying to get better every time. Well, and I think the fan base has grown to want to learn more about the other teams. I think the fan base has matured. There's no question. That's a big microphone to fill there, Hal. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. No pressure, buddy. No pressure. <laughs> I know. All eyes. All I, eyes. I gotta, uh, how, much passion, how much passion can I bring? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll be, you'll be awesome, cup, buddy. Uh, his cup over, overflows. I, I, I got to get there. I feel like you had to have been in a fist fight in 1971 to do the job the way Crispy did. And I don't think either one of were either one of you born in 1971. I don't think so. No, so. no you missed me. You missed me by four years. Who <laughs> yeah. I got, I got it. Yeah. Uh, all right. But for, first of all, you Mace, you called me Galsy and I got, so I talked to, I asked PK Subban this one time when he was here because Montreal was in town, his former team and Carey Price is the goaltender, very good player, extraordinary player. And his first name is five letters that ends with a Y. Okay. And he insisted on calling him Pricey the whole time. And I just was like, PK, like, is there, are there rule? Like, what is the nickname thing here? What, what is the Nick? Why do, why is it such an obsession for hockey players to have the nickname? Like his first name is Carrie. It already has the Y. Yeah. It's already five short. It's already one. So well, you have to add a Y. So it can't be Carrie. <laughs> but so then why not just you know, call like him Carrie? Why yeah. do we have to have nicknames in hockey? <laughs> Well, it's yeah. Yossi's the only tough one there, I think. But Aki, you know, you got uh, Webby, Shea Weber, you know, Gilsy or Skillsy, the guys call him. I don't know. I think it's uh, it's just a term of endearment. So you're you're in that you're in the circle, Galsy. So <laughs> so no, it's I, you well, know, there, we're simple people. We're simple people. You add the Y and, and you're in. Okay, that's it. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. there's I think I feel like there's a relationship that you kind of build with players, like. I play with a guy for two games and they call me Giller. And then one of us got traded. And it was, if I see that guy down the road, I'm still Giller. Yeah. You know, once guys get to know me, I'm skillsy, you know, like, and then, yeah. you know, my, some of my best friends that I played with the most will call me Harold, you know, it's just, <laughs> you know, you can't, it kind of goes backwards. It's like, you know, you kind of, you know, if I play with Christopher. You know, yeah, I, no one hears Christopher. It's no. it's it's bad that when I want to text you, I want to text you, Mister Harold is what I want to text you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say something to you. Um, I, I, you know, well, here's the thing: like my theory is, is that a hockey players are funnier than every other athlete there is. I don't know how that happened, but you guys are just funnier in general. But number two, when you are on the ice trying to alert a teammate of something, whether you're open, whether it's a you know some something that's happening, you need something fast because it's the the hockey. The, the movement of the game and the flow of the game is so fast. Is that, is that, is that a fair assumption that it kind of, it maybe starts from you've got to get somebody's attention real fast in one syllable and they need to know exactly whose voice that is. 
Well, that could come into play. And I, I, I think uh, most of it's just from the, you know, the locker room and, yeah. you know, hanging out together and all that kind of stuff. And then it just, when you have that, then it's just like instant on the ice. It just comes to you, and, you know, before whistles, like, you know, skillsy, you know, I just, I like him too. Cause he's a, uh, you know, he's a, a comedy act off the ice, but even on the ice. So, you know, you joke around and, you know, this guy's going to go to war for you as soon as that puck drops and you're, you're talking about what you're going to do on the face off. And, you know, as a goaltender, I know when they're coming back for, you know, a puck or something. And, and my job is to let them know if they have a man on. So I'm like, skillsy man on man on, you know, just quick like that. And sometimes yeah. you don't even need to say his name because he just knows, but I think it's mostly the, the nicknames, like you miss the old nicknames, like, you know, boom, boom, Jeffrey on and the, the pocket rocket, the rocket. You don't really have any more of those. You kind of get like Connor McJesus. What are the ones now? There's, there's a Connor McJesus is pretty good. That's not Johnny bad. hockey, Johnny hockey. There's a the kid. Well, he's not a kid anymore, but. Alexander the Great, uh, Ovi, Sid, Sid the Hall, Sid the Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're at now. He's still the kid. He's still the kid. Uh, speaking of kids, you guys both played together 2012, 13. Uh, Yossi played almost every game that year as as a 22 year old. Uh, Ellis played a bunch of games that year as a 22 year old. Ekholm played, I think, a game as a 22 year old. What are your memories of watching those three guys play defense in a Predator sweater for basically the first time? Yeah, I, I remember I got traded to Nashville and I, I was, you know, it's a Western team. I didn't know the guys all that well. And they said, you're going to play with this kid, Roman. I was like, Roman Yossi, what kind of name is that? <laughs> like, who is this kid? And everyone came in, this kid's good. This kid's legit. And uh, he was my first partner here and and he didn't disappoint. It was just, you know, you can see right away, all right, he's trying to figure the game out, but he can skate. And if you can skate, you can play and, and you can do that better than anyone. So um, my first thought was this kid's going to be a legend and he, he hasn't disappointed. Ryan Ellis, I, he came up and, and he was playing as my partner and later on, and I'm like, come on, kid, go play. You're supposed to, you're a little guy. You're supposed to be offensive. Go. And he was like, no, I'll just play my position. And, and I had no idea how solid, he was, you know, he didn't make mistakes. And I'm going, Hey kid, you got to make mistakes. So I look good covering your ass. You know, like, <laughs> and he, and he just didn't make mistakes. Um, but obviously turned out to be a great player. Um, Eki was a funny one because he was not ready for the NHL. And I was like, we will never see that kid again, you know? <laughs> and yeah, honestly, I, I, right. Mace. I mean, he came up and he was, he was out of position. He was scared. He was, you know, he's a good skater, but really skinny. Like, And you're like, he's never going to win a battle in the corner. And then developed his game. And I give that kid a ton of credit. I mean, he worked on it. And when he came back to the NHL, he was a different player. And in his second stint, he, he wouldn't let it go. And now he's one of the best shutdown D-men in, in the game. It really a testament to how hard he worked. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I remember when I signed that summer, I, I was coming, I knew it was probably one of my, my last year or it ended up being my last year. And, uh, you know, it would help that it was a familiar place. And um, I remember Suter was the whole Suter thing was going down there and he oh, didn't yeah. sign. And I was talking to Shea Weber a lot and he's like, he was kind of pissed off that he didn't sign there because they kind of agreed they were both going to do that. But that's neither here nor there. And then he started telling me about Yossi. And I never really, I never really heard much about him. He's like, man, this kid, 
you know, they know, and like, you know, when skills, you get on the ice, as soon as you play a couple of shit, you're like, man, this, this kid's going to be good. So when I got to camp, obviously I was looking at him. I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, this, this kid is legit. And um, obviously we know the rest of the story there, but yeah, yeah. Actually, that was, that was a tough year. I remember at the end of the year, we had like ha- over half our team was hurt. So we had a, basically an American league team, which ended up being good for the Preds, not for, not for me and skillsy, but <laughs> yeah. um, but they got, they got Seth Jones out of it. But I remember yeah. when Eki came up and there's a bunch of guys that came up that, you know, quite frankly, they just weren't ready. You know, Trotsy was like, oh, what am I supposed to do? These guys, you know, like all these guys and Eki was one of those guys. And I don't think Trotsy really, you know, took to him too kindly. And, and again, he probably wasn't ready, but like, like skills, he said, he went down, he worked his butt off and now he's one of the, one of the best in the game. So it just shows you the, the value and the benefit of your farm system and having good coaching down there. And obviously a guy who's committed to do it. So it's pretty, pretty cool story. Cool seeing him back then. And then what he is now. What is, we we know so much about Barry Trotz as a, as a collection of hockey fans and as a Nashville community, is there anything that, what, what is something about Barry Trotz that we don't know? He honestly, like I, I had him, I owe him and Mitch Korn a ton. I, I just, he's a hard on your sleeve type of guy. He's another guy like when, you know, his first years with the team, um, you know, I don't know if he's the best X's and O's coach back in the day, but he, he's a guy that, and I love coaches that do this. And John Hines is really good at this is they surround themselves with good people and they praise the people around them for the jobs they do. And Trotsy was one of the best at that. He, you know, he obviously the head coach, everything falls on your shoulders um, and he's got big, broad shoulders, as we know. <laughs> so he's got a, he's got a lot to fall on there. But uh, you know, he he was just he just had a way of you just want to play for the guy. He just he's just he's a fair. He's even. He doesn't bullshit you. He tells you how it is. He he cares about you, and he just creates this this atmosphere and this environment where you know he's had so many teams that just is overachieved. They have no business being where they are, and a lot of that's because of just the way he is. I don't know if there's anything that you don't know. I think that's a testament to him that, you know, he kind of is what he is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I was amazed. I played with Sergei Kostitz in, in Montreal and ended up coming at, played great here in Nashville. And I was, I, when I got traded, I'm like, I can't believe I have to play with this guy. This guy is a cancer in Montreal. He was the worst. I hated the guy. I second, I walked in, the locker room and national, he came up, said hi to me. I said, what, why is he even talking to me like that? We hate each other. Next thing I know, he's a great guy. I said, what happened? I talked to Barry Trotz and Trotz, he said, you know, as soon as he got here, I had cereal with him every day. I, I sat down with him and I made a point to have cereal. I knew what his routine was and I joined him and we talk and turned him around and he made him believe in what Trotsy was doing. And I think that's tells a lot about, you said it, Mason, not the X's and O's, it's the human relationships, you know, and, and that's what Trotsy is so good at that guys want to play for him. Practices weren't overly hard. They were pretty simple, but I remember talking to Shea Weber, like, are we going to gear it up in practice? Like, let's go. And he was like, well, if we play hard, we don't have to practice that hard. And, <laughs> was true we, that Preds always jumped over the boards with a mission and it was you know lighter practices but go hard um I will add one more Trotsy story I was you know I was a 
want to say later in my career, but I was, I had some injuries that were mounting up and I maybe wasn't playing all that well, though I thought I was still a superstar. Um, But, you know, they talked about maybe having me miss some games and I was pretty pissed about it. You know, like, Hey, you know, we're going to put some younger guys in and, and I wasn't happy. And Trotsy came in and, you know, the board is all up, all the names on it. And he, after warmups, he'd come in and he'd, he'd adjust the board to whoever's playing. And I remember he crosses off my name and goes, not today, Skillsy. <laughs> that's how I found out I wasn't playing that night. And if it was anyone else, I would have jumped up and punched him in the face and lost my mind. But it's Shotzi. He's just the nicest guy. And so I was like, uh, you know, what do you do? Like, he's the nicest guy. He's just calling it like it is. Um, so a bitter pill to swallow, but only yeah. Trotsy could get away with that one. You talk about all the differences in coaching. There's a human element. I am fascinated with the psychology of coaching and how to get the most out of other humans, even when they don't know they've got more. And so we we clearly know that there's a development side of this game, which John Hines clearly has proven is very, very good at. There's also like an in-series, playoff series preparation thing. How how much do coaches actually, like what does a coach actually do when, he, when you go into a playoff series and he's got a, a plan, is it different than the regular season message? Is it about implementing some sort of scheme difference? Like, I, I don't think fans fully understand exactly what a coach actually can do or not do when it comes to a playoff series matchup. Well, I'll let Skillsy, I'll be short here because Skillsy's got a lot more playoff experience than I did. But in my experience, it is game in-season prep times a million. It's almost like just in my experience, just overkill because you know you have one opponent so you can break down video. You're talking two-hour video sessions, every single thing that you can imagine, every single guy. I'm sure Skillsy can let you know how it goes as, as playoffs go on, but uh, I'll tell you what, there's, in my experience, no stone unturned when you're doing preparation for a series. Yeah, one of the, one of the things that I always thought was interesting, and first of all, you have to play your identity. You can't just say, okay, we're in the playoffs. We're going to be this team. You, you're still that team, but you're just tailoring it, and making little tweaks, and it is super focused. And I, I love the, the meetings for a series. You'd have a two-hour meeting about all the systems that you'd go through and then, um, you know, all the little tweaks that you're going to make, the power plays you're going to run, how we're going to manage ice time. And, uh, you know, you go through everything. And then the best part is there was like an hour after that you go through each player on their team and everyone would chirp in with stories. Like I got a story that, you know, this kid did something stupid in junior and we, and so anytime we could throw a jab in there about him doing something stupid in junior, we could, you know, pick apart those players, you know, we're going to play this player hard. We're going to let this guy sleep. Let's not touch this guy. You know, like, you have an individual game plan against all their players. And I thought that was probably the most fun is just hearing all the stories come out, you know, and like this guy had a girlfriend that so-and-so slept with, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like all the, all the nitty gritty stuff yeah. that, you know, you don't talk about to the media, but you're talking about it in the locker room. Well, and obviously, obviously I asked this question because John Hines has been so good with his development track record through the USA hockey ranks and all the way up through his career now. And and obviously the fans know his playoff record. And I just guys like me who never played people in the media that are trying to explain why things go a certain way or don't go a certain way. I'm just I'm trying to gain insight into like, what can you actually because you can't 
it's not like you're scrapping your entire game plan for a series. You got to, you got to account for a particular player or a particular style, but I, I don't even know how, like how the, how should the media actually even talk about a coach's impact on a playoff series? Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Like I, this is my thing. It's like, you know, I, I know as a home, you know, team fan base or either the home team, you know, you want, you expect your guys to win. I, just if you go back and you look at New Jersey, the teams he had, I mean, he, he's not going to win. You know, you could, you could right. think you're going to win. You look at last year, we're going against Colorado. We get, I don't care if juice is there. You're not going to win. You know, it's, and, and as much as you'd like to, and I shouldn't say that, you know, you never know you could upset somebody, but chances are with the, the team that he had in New Jersey, you maybe get lucky, you win around, but you're not going to win. So it's part of it's, I guess you say it's a coach takes the thing, but you just don't have the team to do it. And last year we didn't have the team to do it. Like we, what are we going to win a game? You know, two games of juices there, maybe, you know, you're not going to beat Colorado. And I know they're not thinking that and you never know because it can happen, but realistically, he just hasn't had a team that, that could win. Yeah. As a coach, I think, and what, what Heinz does really well, I think he, you know, the days of, bringing up video and being like you messed up here you messed up there and like you know that just players now they don't take they don't respond to that and i think Heinze has a, a good i think he calls it an honest conversation and he sits down with a guy and and says hey this is where you are this is where you need to be um throughout a playoff series i think challenge guys and get a belief out of them that's when you, know, you take a, a series like last year, like, okay, if we, if we step up on a gap here and we're aggressive here, uh, you know, maybe let's see if that works and maybe we can change the momentum of a series. And I think that's what coaches are looking for. I, I remember in, in Pittsburgh, we played against Ovechkin and everyone's scared of Ovechkin, right? I mean, obviously rightly so, but I, I remember, and it was not just with the coaches, but with the players, you know, I was playing with Rob Scuderi and we said, let's just close our gap on him. Let's not even let him get the puck. And so we were up on him way in the offensive zone, closing out time and space in the neutral zone. And he got frustrated and we, we started to get momentum that way. And we started to come back in that series and ended up winning that series. I, I remember playing against um, the Detroit Red Wings. Same thing. Like, we're, we're letting them we're scared and we're letting them come at us right we got to be aggressive and and coaches can kind of massage that and say hey that worked we're, we got something here one game it's like okay it worked but it's too late you know but over two three four you get to yep. game five yep. you get the same six if it starts clicking that's when a coach turns a series around by making those adjustments and and maybe implementing a more aggressive four check or pulling back or whatever it is um, I, I think that's where good coaching comes in and system wise, but it's a belief in the player. The player has to believe it. Well, uh, let's do some rapid fire here to wrap up really gracious with your time. Both you guys really appreciate you talking a little hockey here um, uh, as uh, before the season starts, make sure you go to Jasper's over on West end and make sure you check out Weiss liquors, of course, uh, on in East national right there by uh, the Titan stadium. All right. Favorite city to travel to as a broadcaster and as a player, are they the same thing? Yes. My mind's probably yeah. Vancouver. I think for both. Yeah. Like Vancouver, Montreal. Uh, who, who could, who could win the drinking beer battle in your heyday and who could win it today? Is, is one, I think I could chug one quicker, but I, I, I don't think there's any chance I could go uh, beer for beer with the skills. It's, it's game on. <laughs> 
Yeah. Come on. Oh, you're chugger. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, we're gonna oh. pull Oh, we're we're I, gonna I we're gonna make this happen. I can chug. Yeah, okay. We're gonna rush. Hey, the beauty of Mace and I, when we chuck our bags, we're out and we can take our time. Buddy. Yeah, we don't have to chug, but uh, the older you, know, you get, right? You just enjoy the enjoy the moment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whose kids are more embarrassed by your social media personalities? Oh boy. Oh boy. I, I that's probably a flip a coin. Mine are just <laughs> horrified. I just get the eye rolls, head shakes, you name it. But I, I think you know they really like it though. That's what I think. I think they secretly like it, but I, I've I've gotten a series of responses that are just ew <laughs> <laughs> from a teenage daughter. Just yeah. ew, ew, ew. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, as a, as as a father of two daughters, that that tracks. Um, who could do the play by play job better between the two of you? Skills, he's done it. I, I think Cal, and he did a. He was late coming back from intermission, which he never <laughs> is, and he did it. And I heard him. I was like, "Holy crap!" I'm like, "How the hell did you do that?" It's like, I think he could do it. I'd be like, I "Shaking be- in my boots, shaking yeah. in my boots." I, I, hey, that is the hardest job. Oh man, how Willie and Pete. And Pete's just a, a machine, and he just goes boom, ba boom, ba boom, and it, it's tough, man. I, 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 I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Uh, what what is the biggest difference between American hockey and ca- Canadian hockey players? Ah, uh, Canadians just right on. Tell them about playing up there in Red Deer, man. Just gritty, eh, boys? We just go out there and give her a rip, eh, boys? Come on, boys. For a rip. Yeah. Well, you, Americans like to make plays, and Canadians like to hammer it down your throat and then make plays. Yeah. Like the Western League. coming around. Coming from coming the around. dub. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. It's, it's go time. Women's and men's hockey, it's... That's a di- you know what that's a difference between U.S. college hockey and junior. Yeah, junior plays sixty five games. They fight all the way through. Um, Americans are playing college and you know not a lot of fighting, but a lot of speed. Yeah. Uh, if the Predators are going to take another step, go further in the playoffs, w- which player has to develop and take the next step? I'm not talking about stars here. I'm talking not Tanner. Tanner did it last year. I want who's the guy that makes this team different this year in, in terms of the next step in development. I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see Tolvin and, you know, I, I think he's the guy that has the skill set that had a, you know, had a bad year last year. He's got the tools. They didn't get a, you know, they got Nita Ryder, but I was, I was hoping they get another, you know, more, maybe a top six guy, a little more, uh, you know, in that kind of pocket. I, I think he could be that guy. He's, he's the guy to me because he's got that goal scoring ability. If he can get in those spots and, and get the confidence back up. I, I, I would go with that, but I, I'd add in uh, Cody Glass, Phil Tomasino. Um, and don't forget, you know, Ellie Tolvanen, they asked him to learn the North American game. And this guy's going out, he hitting everything he sees. He goes out, he's blocking shots. He's, he's, he's doing all that. And he, yeah. he kind of lost his scoring touch. But I think if he kind of balances, he's got the North American game down in spades. Yeah. But his strength is a shot, as playmaking. He's got to go out there. And I think he'll be a little more comfortable this year just to go out and play his game. And I think that combination uh, is going to be pretty dynamic. I think it'll be fun to watch. Boys, thank you so much for your time. Super, super grateful. Uh, congrats on the broadcasting success. Congrats on the new gig, Hal. And, of course, the gold standard is brought to you by... Jaspers. Jaspers. Check your bag and go. I'll meet you there, Galsy. There you go. Uh, free parking over on West End. Check it out. Great happy hours during Preds games, home and road, and, of course, the gold standard cocktail named after this year's podcast. Crazy, Galsy. It, there, Galsy. It, it, 
it doesn't work. There's nothing that works well. Like Golly's not good. It's it's not a good name. It just it, ask my wife. It's not a good name. It's, you gotta get you gotta get your first names good. Uh, that's it's, good. It's probably good. You'd be in the locker room for if you were in there for about a two months. You'd you'd end up being Gaga. Oh God. You'd be G. G's not bad. What's up, G? G's not bad. I'll take G. G. I'll take G. I'll take G oh, over Gaga. That's yeah. Gaga's <laughs> yeah. Gaga's that's yeah. No. Gaga's because I keep fucking up on the penalty kill or something. Like that's, <laughs> that's, not, that's not good. Google uh, Gaga. Google. <laughs> he plays like a small child. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Harold and Christopher, it was wonderful hanging out with you guys. Thank you so much. Can't wait for the season to get here. Uh, and, and, of course, we appreciate it. Thank you guys for hanging out. Rate, review, subscribe to the show. This has been the Gold Standard Podcast here on the 440 Sports Network.